Hi, this is Beverly Craig, Mary from Passfast Accelerators with us today, and also David Salmon from Revision. Thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast that's recorded at FiasCon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of the series. David, could you introduce yourself and Revision? Yes. Um, well, first of all, um, Thank you, Beverly, and thank you, Mary. I appreciate being invited to be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of the Passive House Accelerator and the entire community that it's really helped to um, create and facilitate. Um, my name is David Solomon. I live in Philadelphia, and I work for a, uh, a firm called Revision Architecture. We have two studios at Revision. We have a high-performance architecture studio where we design single-family and multi-family residential projects, as well as uh, institutional, educational, and agricultural projects. The thing that ties them all together is sustainability. We also have a sustainability consulting studio where we work with other architects, um, as well as developers, uh, large clients like universities, and even community groups uh, to help them achieve their sustainability goals. So if they have a project that is seeking uh, LEED certification, Living Building Challenge, Well Sites, Just, B Corp. Uh, we help other uh, firms um, uh, achieve those goals. Great. And you've gotten a lot of experience in Passive House over the last few years. Well, few, a lot of years, right? Tell us about some of the projects you're doing and some of this consulting work. Does it work in other states, I'm asking very selfishly, being from Massachusetts. Yeah, um, ironically, one of the things that we consult on that I just neglected to mention is, of course, Passive House. We do a ton of Passive House consulting. Um, and, you know, we're really excited about all the work that's happening in Massachusetts right now. Uh, it's going to radically shift that market. Um, I think that the work that's happening now in Massachusetts, a lot of that was really springboarded from the work we did in Pennsylvania, where the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency uh, adopted Passive House as um, uh, part of the way they uh, uh, scored projects and allocated funding. And that, when that happened, that really created um, a huge market incentive for people to adopt Passive House. And now we're seeing that same thing uh, really get turbocharged in Massachusetts. And, um, you know, we've been doing Passive House since, you know, 2014-ish uh, around there. Um, again, you know, designing our own projects, helping other people um, to achieve Passive House with their projects. And so over time, uh, we've learned a ton of lessons, sometimes in a hard way. And so we just feel that we have a whole lot to offer um, teams, especially in places like Massachusetts, where people are starting to do this for the first time. Um, and, and there's a lot of uh, um, advice and lessons learned that we can pass on to, to help those teams really um, leapfrog, in a sense, those, um, um, you know, the, the, the things that we did that we would now do differently. Um, and help teams get set up uh, as best as possible for success. Yeah, pain points can yes. be tough to talk about, but it is so valuable for the rest of the community. And like I've always really appreciated 
you coming up to Passive House Mass and showing pictures of things that you wish had been done differently and how to catch things early and giving advice, which is super helpful. Is there one, if you had one lesson to a new team, what would that be that you would communicate? So there's, as an architect, it's, uh, I sort of have the easy part of the job when it comes to achieving Passive House. It's the builders who have the hardest job. And I, and I say, you know, in, in regards to achieving Passive House, they're, they're the weak link. And it's not because, and I'm not slamming builders. I, I have so much respect for them. Um, it's just that they have the hardest job, right? So I sit in my office. I've got coffee. I've got climate control. I can draw these details all day. They're out in the field in the rain and the wind and the snow in, in completely uh, challenging conditions, and they have to try to execute the things that we've drawn. Uh, so one of the things, one of the real early lessons actually that I learned um, was about collaborating with builders uh, because our details, our goal is to always make our details affordable, effective, and executable. And They've really changed a lot over time as a result of working directly with builders. And, you know, it's, and, and so the key to get back to your initial question, you know, the, the key is to really understand the big picture. And that's got to be from the GC down to the subs, right? Often when mistakes happen in the field, it's because a sub doesn't understand the, the kind of the full uh, picture of what they're doing, right? Sub comes onto a job. They know what, you know, they, they have their scope. Um, but particularly in a building like a passive house, there might be something like the air barrier, which is so incredibly integral to achieving these goals, that's done by multiple trades, right? So if, if one of those trades doesn't understand how they fit into that whole picture, that's where you can have a failure point. And so, you know, we have examples of where that's happened. We have examples of how we fix that um, and how we do things a little bit different now um, to try to head off those consequences before they happen. Oh, great. I hope Massachusetts teams take advantage of your knowledge and bring you in when they're new. And even you do like uh, plan reviews and things like that. We your do. consulting firm. Yep, we, we sure do. Um, you know, when we work with a, a new client um, or even an old client, we have a ton of repeat clients. Um, but when we work on, let's say, a new project, um, we can... You know, depending on where they are in the design process, it's always better to bring us on earlier to a team. However, we've been handed pretty much finished projects and have been told, make this a passive house. And it's not, not ideal, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not ideal, but we've done that. We've successfully done that. Um, but so, yes, we will, you know, in whatever state they are, we can take those drawings. We will, um, you know, redline and annotate them. Um, and then we, you know, that's just the basis for a... Um, a conversation to be had, you know, in, in let's say with the architects um, uh, or the engineers or you know whoever the, whoever is is on the team and 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 who we need to talk to at the moment, um, you know. And so we'll talk about design intent. I think that's one of the real um, real values that we actually offer as consultants is that we're we're also architects, and so we can anticipate certain things and we understand. Um, certain things in a different way. Um, so we can talk to you about design intent. Uh, we can also talk to you about um, things like constructability, right? And sequencing and things that you want to, you know, you don't necessarily um, have those conversations with builders. Sometimes it gets into a little bit of a means and methods, but we can anticipate those things. Um, and uh, 
you know, and, and help, again, just help get the project set up for success from a really early stage. Well, thanks for sharing so many lessons learned over the years. Super important. And Fiascon's been a blast. Is there one thing from Fiascon that you have found really interesting? Um, I am always blown away and inspired every time I come here. Uh, you know, for one thing, this is just like my people, right? Like we're all speaking the same language. Um, you know, everybody is, uh, uh, is an energy geek. Everybody is, uh, has a real um, sense of optimism and hope about them. We're all just working and dedicating our lives to trying to make things better. So there's just a certain amount of personal recharging on that level that I get when I come here. And then, of course, there's the amazing base of technical knowledge that's here. I was just in an amazing session um, with uh, Al Mitchell and Mark uh, Rosenbaum. And, you know, they're talking about thermal storage in buildings and talking about passive resiliency uh, as well as active resiliency. Um, and, you know, just getting into getting into these details, things I've been thinking about, but don't, you know, particularly like say when it comes to passive resiliency, but um, don't necessarily know how to solve. And so having these conversations with people like that, um, that are, are challenging um, and just and expansive, you know, I, is just the best thing. Well, thanks so much. I just want to um, add, so um, I was impressed by the size of your firm. Can you just tell us how many people roughly you have on the um, consultancy side and the architecture side? Sure. Um, I'd have to do a count. Uh, roughly. Which, which, but, but roughly we're, we're in our like low to mid-20s. So we're not, we're not a very large firm. Uh, I like to think that we, you know, we certainly punch above our weight. Uh, we can have a big impact, particularly um, on the consulting side, uh, because we get to really influence a lot more projects than we could if we were just solely designers. Um, yeah, part of what's really important about what we do is about making an impact. And so, you know, I do spend most of my time personally in, on, in the architecture studio. I do consult on passive house projects. Um, we also have other people in the office um, who consult on passive house projects. And um, yeah, for our consulting projects, they're, uh, um, you know, they're, they're national, you know, even international. Um, so we can consult just about anywhere. Um, our architecture projects tend to be more regional. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're really happy to get involved with, with anyone who has sustainable goals that they want to achieve. And clearly, uh, Massachusetts has a climate that's pretty similar to mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. So, um, But you mentioned international. So do you consult on a variety of climate types? Um, yeah, we do. I mean, even just, you know, nationally we do, uh, you know, we have, that's almost, that was a big part of why FIAS even started, right? Was because we have such a diversity of climate types, um, in this country. Um, so our international projects, I don't, we don't have that many. Um, I know we consulted on one in India, I believe. Um, but you know, we consult in, yeah, all sorts of climates all over this country. Great. It's a great, valuable expertise to have. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, well, one of the things that I'm particularly interested in um, these days is just future climate. 
And so we're seeing those climate maps change, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're all going to have to be a lot more flexible and a lot more nimble about what climate we're designing for, uh, because it's, it's rapidly changing. Excellent point. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs>